This is The Guardian. Today, why are energy companies forcing their way into people's homes? My name is Cecilia Klinczak. I'm 39 years old and I come from Hungary. I've got a little girl, I've got a little daughter who's five years old, and I've got my husband and my mum, who's 90 years old, just came recently to live with us from Hungary in August. On the 7th of December, my mum and I came home and I looked on the floor in the kitchen and all my daughter's belongings, all her plates, cutlery, cups were on the floor. And I looked on the counter table and I saw a note. Something just clicked, you know. I was like, oh my God, somebody broke in. That's exactly how I felt the first instant that I came in. Then I looked on the counter and that's when I saw that SSC was in the property. Cecilia hadn't been broken into. What had happened was her energy firm, SSE Energy Services, which is owned by Ovo Energy, had gone to court to complain that Cecilia and her family were several months late paying their bills. The company was granted a warrant, giving them legal permission to go into Cecilia's flat and change the way she pays for her energy by installing a prepayment meter. How did it feel then when you realised what had happened? When I came in, I, I went hysterical. I started crying. I am on medication for my own mental health with things. And this just put me down massively. I literally had a panic attack here. I don't know what a prepayment meter looks like. I opened it and I saw that it has been changed. The cupboard was ruined as well. I mean, my husband had to fix the cupboard. So you can see they literally, they put it in because it's a different size. And I looked at it like, okay, okay, so that's the prepayment meter. Okay, so where's the card? Where's the card? How are we going to top up? Prepayment meters work a bit like pay-as-you-go phones. You preload them with credit. To top hers up, Cecilia would need a card, which Ovo didn't supply her with. And so for those first days in early December, she and her five-year-old daughter, Alice, her husband and her elderly mum were left without heating or hot water. So then you were living in a cold house again? Yes. And how long did that go on for? For a week. Just with no heating at all? Just two oil radiators. Uh, I was taking cold showers in the morning. I couldn't cook at all, only in the oven. But obviously I couldn't make proper food. Alice was given a bath. Like she didn't want to even sit in the bath because it was so cold. So we had a little, I don't know, little bucket or something. And, and she's so small. So she managed to get in that. And my husband was boiling the water in the kettle and and my husband washed her off very quickly. That's how it was for one week. The problems had started back in October when Cecilia had to use the money she'd budgeted for energy bills elsewhere. (sighs) Unfortunately, we have bedbugs in our property. We had to call an exterminator and we had to pay £1,130. 
that try to communicate it through Southern Electric, now known as Ovo Energy, that obviously I can't pay now, but I'll pay on the 9th of December. I knew I would be able to pay on the 9th of December. I was adamant I could pay. But it didn't matter how many times I've spoken to them or how many times I called them. I was not getting anywhere with any of the calls. Ovo then sent a letter to Cecilia, warning that she'd have to go to court because of her arrears. But she overlooked it. That's when they got permission to fix the prepayment meter. The charity Citizens Advice estimates that in the past year, 600,000 people have been forced onto these meters, which can work out to be far more costly than paying by direct debit. Did you have any idea that it was possible for them to do that? I didn't think this could be possible. I I was never worried that they're going to do this. I knew that I had the outstanding balance of £372, but I never in my wildest dreams thought that they are actually going to come into the property and do anything like that. Yes, people are in errors. People have financial crisis. Of course, what is happening in the world right now? (laughs) I'm not the only one who can't pay their bills. There's thousands of other people. So what are they going to do to every family? They're going to go in and change their meter. And how much has the cost of the prepayment meter, what's that been like compared to paying by direct debit? Is it about the same or? No, it's much more. If we calculated it out how much we would use, maybe like £10 a day. If it's £10 a day, which obviously we pay £12 on that date, then if you count 12 times 30 and 31, that's, it's, it's over 400, 500, 450 pounds. Right. Just the gas. Yeah, which is a lot more than you were spending before. It's huge. I mean, literally, practically what I'm getting, what my husband is earning is literally going on the rent and the bills. That's it. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, why are vulnerable people paying more for their energy? Alex Lawson, you're The Guardian's energy correspondent and you've been reporting on how people are struggling to pay their bills at the moment. So many people. In the UK, about four and a half million households pay for their energy supply with prepayment meters. Can you explain how they work? So there's actually two different types of uh, prepayment meters, which are effectively uh, pay-as-you-go devices, which allow you to pay for your energy up front. There's what's called a dumb prepayment meter, which sit under the stairs and you top them up using a key or a card, which you can add money to, uh, usually at the local shops or post office. And then there are smart meters too. Um, They could be topped up using an app or online. And the benefits of those being that you're able to sort of track your energy use more closely in pounds and pence. They're generally more expensive than if you're on a direct debit. It seems counterintuitive given that they're often Uh, for people who are on the lowest incomes. uh, So the fact that they're paying more than those who are on direct debits doesn't necessarily add up. Why does it cost more? Their argument is those customers cost more to serve. So they take, on average, more phone calls. Uh, Of course, the cost of going out to install the meter itself. Why do some people choose to use prepayment meters then rather than paying for their bills at the end of each month or quarterly? The main reason that people cite is that you can really keep track of your money 
and it does really benefit to be able to keep a close eye on what you're spending and how much you're going to top up. The other thing is that billing mistakes are far less common. Uh, we all know with our energy bills, you know, our usage can change significantly from month to month. For suppliers to work out how much you're going to use and then predict it is a difficult task. Right. So for some people, it really does work to be on a prepayment meter because it allows them to see at the start of the month, this is how much I'm going to be paying. Um, it allows people to budget. But in the past year, hundreds of thousands of people have not chosen but been forced into using prepayment meters. Why is that? What's going on? Yeah, it's a really worrying trend. So what we've seen is we actually saw for nine consecutive quarters, we saw a fall in the number of people on prepayment meters. But then in the six months to April of last year, that number rose by 600,000. And it was estimated that 600,000 people were forced to make uh, the switch away from credit meters because of debt uh, in 2022. And that was up from 380,000 in 2021. Now, the main reason for this is that it's seen as a way that suppliers can uh, negotiate with customers around their debt. And the argument from the energy industry is that if we move you onto a prepayment meter, we'll prevent you from racking up large amounts of debt. How are energy companies going about forcing people to have these meters then? So there's two ways in which people are being switched onto uh, prepayment meters. So if they have the newer smart meters, uh, we've seen worrying signs that people are being remotely switched through a smart meter. So they're just turning around one day and finding that instead of paying their bills monthly, they're now being asked to top up and to be paying ahead of time for their energy use, which they may never have done in their lives. The other potentially even more concerning uh, trend that we're seeing is an increase in forced installation in-person of prepayment meters. And the way that that will work is that the energy supplier or debt collection agency will have to apply to a court for what's called a warrant of entry to access someone's home to install a meter. Now that can be approved by the landlord if it's a tenanted house or by the person if if they agree to it. But if they don't agree to it and, and this warrant has to be sought, what we're seeing is that there's a small cluster of magistrates' courts up and down the country that are signing off hundreds of these warrants of entry in minutes, in huge batches, which shows that there's not much oversight on a case-by-case basis. You know, are they really checking if these customers are vulnerable? There were 370,000 warrants of entry to install prepayment meters that have been signed off since uh, November 2021. It's about 30,000 a month. In fact, I went down to Uxbridge, which is one of the magistrates' courts, which is signing off these warrants in huge numbers. And uh, I asked to see what the process was and to see a hearing around one of these warrants. And I was looked at like I'd arrived from the moon. You know, it was shocking that this process isn't more open, that we can't see what's going on. And so there's a definitely question marks over the legal process here, the role of the magistrates. And if customers do want to appeal these warrants then there's a lengthy legal process and and what we know is that people are finding it difficult to find money so the idea of covering legal costs would be very intimidating for some people. How many attempts would an energy company have had to make to get in contact with one of their customers who was in this situation who was struggling or hadn't been paying their bills 
It's a really good question. Um, and, you know, in theory, it should be several letters, calls, texts. But of course, as we often see in, in these sorts of situations, communication is a, is a real problem. You know, I was reading a case the other day of a, a charity worker who was told by a neighbour, there's three men in your house. I don't know what they're doing there. She rapidly cycled back to find that they'd installed a prepayment meter. Now, to her mind, she was in dispute with her energy supplier that she just switched to over a bill of £700, which she had believed that she hadn't racked up. And now she has to find £20 a week to just to service that debt. And this is why people call them the monster under the stairs. You know, there's a, there's a real feeling that these things are there sort of insidiously in people's homes, taking money away that they might not necessarily need to pay or, or, or should pay. So magistrates are allowing these meters to be forcibly installed and it's happening to people who are struggling to pay their bills. What would be the alternative for energy companies if they've got customers who aren't paying? Could they just disconnect them instead? So I think it's really important to remember what's at stake here. And there's a really interesting case that I looked at recently, uh, which is worth revisiting. George and Gertrude Bates were a couple in their 80s who lived in Tooting in South London. And in October 2003, their bodies were found by police uh, who forced entry into their home. What had happened there was that George died of hypothermia. He was Gertrude's carer. 13 weeks after British Gas had cut off their energy over a unpaid bill of £140. Now, they had never missed a bill before. There was plenty of evidence that they had the means to pay the bills. A significant inquiry followed after a review was ordered by David Blunkett, who was the um, Home Secretary at the time. And what was found was that British Gas had followed their right procedures. They tried to contact the couple several times. But what they hadn't done was flag that they'd been disconnected to social services. They'd cited data protection concerns. And what happened in the wake of their deaths was that Ofgem, the energy regulator, produced new guidelines around vulnerable people and who could be disconnected. So now, between start of October and the end of March, pensioners who live alone or with other pensioners or children cannot be disconnected. Anyone who lives with a pensioner or a person with disabilities should be offered support, something like a, a payment plan by their energy supplier before a winter disconnection. And people with disabilities and long-term health conditions shouldn't be disconnected at any time of the year. That's awful. And it just shows what a precarious situation some people are if they find themselves not able to afford their bills. It sounds like the government at that time did take notice of what had happened to that couple. And they put in measures to try and stop energy companies treating their customers as George and Gertrude had been. So is there evidence now then that energy companies, because they can't disconnect people who are in vulnerable situations, are now using this enforcement of prepayment meters as a way to claw back the debt that they're being owed? Yes, and it's been called 
disconnection by the back door, which I think is spot on. You know, the energy industry calls it self-disconnection, which I think is a horrible term. You know, people rationing their own energy use. So that horrible heating or eating phrase that we've heard so much over the last year, that isn't a choice. We know it's not a choice. Because energy prices have been going up so much in the past year, even people who are not paying back debt are ending up without electricity or gas. Citizens Advice has found that three million people who use prepayment meters have been unable to top up their credit at some point in the past year. More people this year than in the last 10 years combined. That's what happened to Kelly. She lives in Surrey with her daughter, who's 12. I moved down to Surrey to be closer to family and because I've got different medical conditions that affected me. I suffer with sleep apnea and I've got a CPAP machine for that. With sleep apnea, you um, stop breathing in your sleep and, and there is people that have died for it. But with the sleep machine, it's basically putting oxygen into your body continuously. So you do get more of a relaxed sleep. I've got fibromyalgia. So like my back, my legs, my arms, they're aching constantly. I mean, I suffer with pain all the time anyway, but this is just ridiculous because of how cold it is. People across the country are feeling under pressure at the moment because of the cost of living. How is that affecting you? Oh, majorly. I've always had prepayment meters because where I work on a budget, I didn't want to be having big bills and not being able to afford to pay them. And it's always worked for me quite easily, not a problem. My gas and electric used to cost me £20 a week for both of them. They're now costing me between £60 and £80 a week. Kelly, can you tell me about how are you going about saving energy? I'll put the kettle on in the morning and I'll make myself a cup of tea and I'll put the rest of the hot water in a flask to make myself tea through the day. So I turn everything off when my daughter goes out to school, putting loads of layers of clothes on. But obviously I'm trying to hide it from her as well. So before she's due home, I'll just take all these layers I've got on, of jumpers and dressing gowns, and put the eating on so she thinks I've been sitting here like normal when she comes in. But I know that she knows what's going on because she won't even put the light on when she's doing her own work. She'll do it by a computer light. And that's not right. My daughter shouldn't be having to sit there and look at a computer screen in the dark so that she can do her own work. So where I've not been able to afford to have my heating on like I usually do, that's caused mould in certain places. And I lived in temporary accommodation for three years um, before we moved here with my daughter. We had mould and damp in there and I actually got double pneumonia and I was literally at death's door. So this really, really concerns me that I've now got mould in this place. I keep seeing all these horror stories on the news about how mould is affecting people, how it's killing people. Is this what's going to happen to everyone now? Because no one can afford to put their eating on. And you said as well that you haven't been able to use um, your sleep apnea machine. 
how is that affecting things for you? I'm not going to bed. So I'm doing power naps and I'm sitting up. I know if I lay down, there's too much of a danger of me going into too much of a deep sleep. And where I'm not using my machine, I can't take that risk. Because the machine would be helping you to breathe? Yeah. My goodness. Does your daughter know how much you're struggling? Yeah. And she shouldn't have to. Like, she'd say to me when she comes home from school sometimes, and, like, it's been really wet, hasn't it? Like, really raining and whatever. She's come in and she'd go, like, she'd get out of her wet clothes when she comes home from school and she'd go, um, can I put the eating on for a little while? Whereas before, she came home and she was wet or she was cold, she can't put the eating on. She wouldn't even think about asking me. Now she's asking. And once she's warm, she'll go and turn it off. And I'd guess that you're doing everything that you can to try and make things as normal as can be for her within your limits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as I can. Well, she comes home, she gets on with her own work. I'm already prepping dinner. She might come and help me. And I'll say, I've already eaten dinner so I can make it stretch a little bit further. So I'll go without dinner. Because obviously I'm trying to save money to keep it on the gas and the electric. So you're just having sort of one meal a day at the moment? Yeah. And sometimes none. Gosh. You're going whole days without eating? Yeah. As long as my daughter's got food on the table, that's all that matters to me. And she can keep warm. She's able to have a shower and she's got clean clothes. How long has it been that you've been skipping meals for? About three months. But it's... It's just ridiculous. I don't know how they expect people to carry on the way they are when they're saying it's going up again. And how are you managing to make up that shortfall in payment? Well, I've had to contact Citizens Advice, what is it now, four times to get them to get me an energy voucher of £49 since October. But are you having to ask your family and friends to help you out? Yeah. It's degrading. I've never had to ask anyone for that help. I've always managed to get by and I budget and I've never had to do that. I never thought I'd be in this position. I've worked my whole life since the age of 13 and I've worked in care. And now I'm in this position and I just think it's disgusting. What do you think the government should be doing to sort this out? The government should be taking a, a good look at these companies and telling them they can't charge people more for having prepayment meters. They're basically giving these companies the right to charge whatever they want. I don't get that. Why isn't the government stepping in and doing something about it? And when you look at the profit margin that these companies are making, why are they allowed to earn that much profit? Why? Coming up, what's the government doing to support people who are in this situation? Alex, Kelly told me about the problems she's been having with using a prepayment meter. The cost for her has quadrupled. Is the government doing anything to try and help people who are in situations like hers? It's often cited that prepayment meters cost more than for direct debit customers. But is it so much that energy suppliers 
really need to ask for that extra money? Would it not be right to sort of level that? So that's that's one thing that um, MPs and campaigners have been calling for. So far, there's been some progress in what is being talked about politically. Tens of thousands of warrants are being rubber-stamped by magistrates in minutes. Now, energy suppliers are supposed to be obliged to consider whether or not somebody is vulnerable before disconnection. I would argue that everyone on a prepayment meter, especially this winter, especially in the middle of a cost-of-living crisis, is vulnerable. So there was uh, a private member's bill uh, brought by an SNP MP, Anne McLaughlin, calling for companies to be required to allow a grace period before disconnecting customers with PPMs. Labour are now officially calling for a ban on the forced installation of prepayment meters. The government has so far said this is a last resort. Energy suppliers should do everything that they can to prevent people being pushed onto PPMs. So PPMs that you're referring to, prepayment meters, the government is giving everyone a payback on their energy bills of £67 per month at the moment. That's until the end of March. What's going to happen after that? So there won't be support for energy bills typically, but between now and then, it's likely that there's going to be lots of calls for that support to be extended for people in the most vulnerable situations, low-income households. The idea that seems to be getting the most traction at the moment is that of a social tariff. So effectively, people who can afford to pay will pay whatever the going rate is at that point. But for those on a social tariff, you'll be able to get a more guaranteed lower level of bills than than the average customer. How that is implemented is the big question. Do you use an existing mechanism like universal credit? There's concerns that that wouldn't necessarily reach everybody. What is interesting is that the energy companies themselves, or at least some of them, have said that this is a good idea uh, and it is possible to implement. To be fair, we have seen some moves from the suppliers to help people in these situations. There have been increased amounts put into hardship funds and over Christmas, several suppliers, Utilita, Shell Energy and Ovo, put a ban on the forced installation of prepayment meters. And we've also reported on Scottish Power and E.ON have uh, stopped clawing back the debt that's on the prepayment meters. So they're just charging people for their energy use rather than trying to recover that debt. The wholesale cost of energy has really been fluctuating, partially because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. What kind of financial position are energy companies in at the moment? When Russia first started curtailing the amount of gas coming into Europe uh, in late 2021, prices rose and because of the price cap that was introduced by Ofgem, those suppliers were unable to pass on the rising costs to their consumers and therefore got squeezed uh, and many went out of business. Bulb is the largest energy firm to fail so far as rising wholesale gas prices shake this industry. Many customers are left with questions. The result of that has been that we're all paying for those failures. You know, we're paying billions of pounds extra on our bills for the costs of um, administering, moving across those customers to new suppliers putting taxpayers' money on the line. It is a defining moment for the energy market, for the seventh largest energy supplier to go out of business. It will what happens is that companies buy their power in advance. So at the moment, people will be buying power for a few months' time. So even though at the moment we're seeing wholesale 
gas prices fall as a result of the milder weather in Europe and people reducing their gas usage right across Europe, those prices are not feeding through as yet. But that's the reason why, even though we see headlines about gas prices falling right now, uh, it won't happen until later in the year. For anyone who's listening and is in the situation where they're struggling to pay their bills, maybe they've been forced onto a prepayment meter. Is there any sense that things are going to be getting better for them? Where do you see this going for people? I think there are reasons to be positive. One of the things that has been a blessing in disguise from the energy crisis is that there has been much more focus on renewable power and the more wind farms and solar farms that get built and can produce energy for this country and and right across Europe, potentially the, the lower prices can be. Now, that's the long-term solution. In the short term, we're going to see inflation come down. So those sort of headline numbers of the the price that you're paying for a tin of beans to uh, school shoes will start coming down, and that will make people feel more positive. In terms of the actual money in your pocket, that's going to come down to whether wage inflation is in line with how much people's costs have gone up, and, and that will be down to their employers. The the broader picture will start to look better on a kind of macroeconomic level, uh, so that there are reasons to be hopeful that the situation will improve. But on a personal level, I don't think we should be kidding ourselves that people are really struggling this winter. You know, the the cost of everything has gone up, and wages have not necessarily risen in line with that. So that makes it very difficult for people. Kelly, how are you feeling looking ahead over the next few months? Because it's pretty cold at the moment. How are you feeling about that and your ability to budget for your gas and electricity? I don't even want to even contemplate what's going to happen if we get snow. Because I'm just going to be in so much pain, I won't be able to go out at all. And even walking up to the local shop, I'm in so much pain... I can't do it. I literally cannot walk up to my local shop to even get a newspaper or a pint of milk. I'm so sorry. And yeah, I really appreciate you talking about this because it can't be easy. No, it's not. Thanks to Kelly and to Cecilia for talking to us. I'm glad to say that Ovo Energy has apologised to Cecilia and her family and compensated them by £530. They're now on an affordable payment plan. You also heard Alex Lawson, The Guardian's energy correspondent, in this episode. Thank you to him. You can read his reporting, of course, at theguardian.com. If you're struggling to keep up with your energy payments, you can get in touch with Citizens Advice. They've got lots of handy guides on their website and you can talk to them for free over the phone or in one of their branches across the country. Just go to citizensadvice.org.uk or if you're in England, you can call them on 0800 144 8848. This episode was produced by Natalie Katana and Alex Atak. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo and the executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow. 
This is The Guardian.